Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sometimes the truth is crazier than fiction. A 1945 cold case murder has more twists and turns than any movie plot. And we're going to tell you more about this case. And uh, this case will likely never be solved, Brandon. Yeah, um, you put a lot of work into this. I did. You really did. And uh, you went to bed before me last night. And so I decided I want to take in this story that Lacey wrote about this cold case. And um, probably not something I should have read right before bedtime. I don't know. You've always liked those really the spooky stories right before bed. So this was probably right up your alley, I would think. It was. And I enjoyed it very much. It was a very good read. And we hope all of you will read it as well. Um, it involves money, loss, jealousy, and like you said, will likely never be solved. So, Lacey, tell us about Lydia Thompson. Okay, Lydia uh, Thompson um, was found murdered in 1945. And uh, the investigation into it, uh, well, it's never brought about any sort of justice for her. And uh, like I said, uh, it is crazy. Uh, so was Lydia driven mad by her philandering husband to a point that she orchestrated her own death uh, to look like she was murdered as revenge? Was her husband Louis fed up with her refusal to grant him a divorce so he could marry his mistress? Or did the mistress and future Mrs. Thompson want Lydia out of the way to have Louis all to herself? These and uh, more questions have lingered since Lydia's nearly decapitated body was discovered in 1945. It just sounds like a movie uh or something like yeah it doesn't sound like it could possibly be real and honest to god i'm kind of surprised that there isn't a movie about this at this point yeah so louis thompson was a british uh, officer met lydia in turkey after world war one um he or lydia had fled russia during the revolution Uh, they fell in love and married in 1922 lived in europe for several years but moved to michigan in 19 or by 1928 yep and uh Where the trouble sort of began for them was the Thompsons opened a laundry, and it was very successful, and they expanded it into a chain of profitable locations in the laundry at that time, a lot more labor-intensive, and uh, no air conditioning, too. Uh, Louis ended up finding additional success when he opened up a car dealership. Um, They both became incredibly wealthy with their business ventures, and... uh, at least for this couple, money did not equal happiness. Now, we often hear about that. The first fractures in their marriage began to appear when Louis dropped $40,000 on a posh home in Orchard Lake. The home had tennis courts, swimming pool, and in today's money would have been worth over $800,000. And the spending did not end there. He soon employed a chauffeur to transfer the couple to their businesses. Yep, and uh, a deepening rift started emerging Louis enjoyed all the things that money could buy. His wife, on the other hand, struggled to kind of overcome the frugalness of her earlier life as a refugee. She would often chastise Louis for his extravagant spending habits. Uh, Louis liked to golf, and he would love taking in all of Detroit's nightlife. And uh, Lydia, on the other hand, kept working really hard at the laundry. Well, that probably didn't make her happy while he was out having fun. The rift continued to grow. The spending increased, and outrage soon, uh, soon shifted to jealousy. When Louis began spending money and time with younger women, 
He, uh, she hired a private investigator to figure out who her husband was spending time with, and the private investigator came back with information confirming that he was having an affair with his secretary. Who Colin, was married. Who was also married. <laughs> and uh, by Christmas of 1944, uh, Louis asked his wife Lydia for a divorce. She would not hear of it. Nope. She came from a very conservative background, and uh, perhaps this is the point Lydia began to lose her grip on her sanity, or perhaps she had never been completely sane and the circumstances only made it glaringly clear. But at this time, Lydia hired multiple te- detectives to keep tabs on her husband and followed his every move. And uh, that led into uh, March 1945, where she took things a step further. She followed him to a club. She found him at a table with another man and two women. And by all accounts, it was an innocent gathering. Uh, Louis's mistress, nowhere to be found amongst the group. But uh, this is the point where Lydia perhaps goes too far. We are navigating a mystery right now. Uh, An absolute true story that happened right here in Michigan. It's a cold case, uh, Michigan 1945, the unsolved murder of Lydia Thompson. And uh, when we left you... Lydia was about to confront her husband, who she found at a table with another man and two other women, even though, uh, by all accounts, was probably an innocent meeting. And Lydia went too far now. Lydia went too far. What happened next seems to be the last straw for uh, Louis. Lydia pulled out a vial out of her pocket and threw it at the two young women. The vial contained acid and burned their faces and legs. Louis ran away to Florida, and it just so happens to be the place his mistress Helen was vacationing. And the reunion was not peaceful. Lydia was only steps behind. She threatened Helen that if she did not leave Louis, she would kill herself and haunt Helen. She tried to kill herself with sleeping pills. It did not work. Then she climbed onto a window ledge of a hotel. And uh, once she was well enough and threatened to jump, if Helen wouldn't end the relationship, Helen promised to end things, but it was an empty promise. And Louis and Helen returned to Michigan. Uh, The trio returned to Michigan, where (laughs) Louis and Helen promptly resumed their relationship and even more louis moved out of the home he shared with lydia and the husband and wife began only seeing each other about once a week on october 11th 1945 well that was the last day lydia was seen alive lydia met two friends for breakfast in highland park she told her friends that she feared for her life but communicated it in a way to where her friends did not think much of it, which is odd to me. Lydia is seen a few more times that day at a regular grocery store, an apartment of a friend. Each instance, Lydia is described as becoming increasingly alarmed, erratic, and fearing for her life. The last thing that is known about Lydia that day is she sent a telegraph to Russia asking for an address so she could send a package immediately. Response never came. By the next day, Lydia's vehicle was found in a parking lot in Pontiac. And two days later, October 13, 1945, mushroom hunters stumbled across Lydia's body several miles from where her car was recovered. The death described as violent. She is believed to have been knocked unconscious, stabbed, and I will leave some other details out if you just want to read it on the article. Yes. Uh, Um, Police determined that Lydia was not murdered where her body was found, and... uh, There was no blood found at her home either. Many expensive items remained in the home, including diamonds and jewels. The only items that were not found or accounted for were her keys, her driver's license, a ration book, as well as her handgun. And, of course, the mystery deepened. Um, A letter addressed to Andrew Shevanko was found on Lydia's desk, reading, If after this day you don't see me and you don't hear anything of me, then go on, Jefferson, and find a man by the name of Perone and ask him where I am. This is the doings of my husband. He is tired of me and wants to marry her. Everything that belongs to me, I leave to you, Father, from Lydia. 
And as it turns out, Andrew claimed to be Lydia's 70-year-old father who lived in Detroit. Andrew was unable to provide any clues or evidence to help in the investigation, and no one in Lydia's life seemed to be aware that her father was living in Detroit and had moved from Russia into the United States. He returned to Russia just a few weeks later. Yep, and now we talk about some of the suspects. Of course, Louis was one of them. He denied involvement and even offered a reward in the situation uh, and Louis and Helen, the mistress, both had alibis for the night in question. Several men with the last name Perone were questioned, but all of them denied knowing Lydia. So did Lydia have a double life? Several weeks passed when police received a telegraph uh, purportedly from Lydia's sister that read that the sibling's father had been dead for many years. So who was Andrew Shevanko? Even more strange were Lydia's financial transactions in the final months of her life, she was, of course, like we said, normally frugal, but had started spending at an astounding rate. Yeah. Lydia is said to have removed over $6,000 from her banking account and then borrowed $1,500 from a friend. Louis and Helen would go on to marry just four months after Lydia's murder, and the couple welcomed a child soon after. They decided to have the Orchard Lake home cleaned up and remodeled so that they could move in and make it their own. Though uh, the home was thoroughly searched by police at the time of Lydia's murder, all of Lydia's missing items started turning up in the home. Louis told police at the time he believed Lydia killed herself and wanted it to look like he was responsible. And uh, eventually, Louis and Helen were arrested. A judge investigating organized crime syndicates began hearing about curious things tied to Lydia's murder, mainly that a man was paid $10,000 by Louis and Helen to kill her. But that story eventually proved to be false and they were released and soon after the case went cold investigators were left with more questions than answers and nothing but rumors about the strange mystery seemed to remain and if you'd like to read more about this amazing tale it's called cold case michigan 1945 the unsolved murder of lydia thompson you can find it at 953wbck.com on the app as well as our facebook page and my goodness if this isn't eventually made into a movie i have no idea what good films are i feel like i just participated in the closest thing to a true crime podcast that i've ever done uh, but i hope you enjoyed that story and uh, we kind of skim through parts of it so you can read it in depth. There uh, are further details that yeah. uh, would not be appropriate to share on uh, the radio this morning. Absolutely. Uh, um, the case itself is so bizarre, and um, I just can't make sense out of it. What do you think happened? Do you think she lost her mind and uh, did it to herself? I don't think so. Or had somebody do that uh, to her so that she, she I, could frame the husband? I feel like maybe she hired somebody to kill her. That just seems the most likely out of all that info, but very bizarre story. Very bizarre indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.